0: Hey everyone, my name is Yaro and you're listening to the Daydream Rules podcast. Welcome to a solo episode with me in which I'm going to talk about why I'm becoming a death doula and what that means to me. I will also begin by giving you a few more general updates and um, tell you a little bit more about my plans for 2020, which I can, kind of can't believe is happening, but there we go. <laughs> and I would love to hear from you as well. So, this morning it's Friday, which is my favourite day in the week. It's kind of this liminal space between the work week and the weekend. Um, I don't usually have client calls today, but I'm kind of getting time to work on my business rather than in my businesses, um, which is always fun and exciting. And. I um, I don't know if you've seen this, but I've updated my Daydream Rolls website. Um, it was at daydreamrolls.com, and it's now at yara All the old links should still be working and should just forward you. But I just kind of felt like working more under my own name and claiming that space. And the podcast will still be named Daydream Rolls, which which just kind of feels fun and good to me. Um, But with my work, I really want to kind of stand under my own name. So I'm a queer writer, I'm a body worker, and I'm now becoming a death doula. Dayton Rose was born four years ago, pretty much exactly four years ago, interestingly. And that was because I was building my web design studio, So, you we would just call it Digital, and I still had a lot of personal writing for my own old blog on there. And I wanted to give that its own space because the web design work was growing. I was really excited about that, and I felt that this personal writing just didn't belong in that space anymore. So, I created a new website. Which is handy if you're a web designer, you can just do that yourself. And that's how Daily was was born. And then for the first year, it was really just a blog. And I was talking about life and feelings and things I was, I was thinking about. And then a year later, so three years ago, I started the podcast. And initially, that was just me doing solo episodes. And it has now grown into a community. I get to speak to amazing people, doing wonderful work. And it's really one of the biggest joys of my life. What I really appreciate about how this has unfolded is that there wasn't a lot of pressure for me. I mean, there are always pressures in life, and I'll talk about those a little bit more. But what I mean is that I had a chance to be playful, explore different modalities, talk to all kinds of people, and really think about what I wanted to make of this project Um, without the pressure to have that be my main income because I was always working as a web designer and I really also appreciate having two different businesses and getting to do so much varied work like along the way people have often asked me whether I'm planning to maybe retire Yarrow Digital or the other way around and I always say no actually I really have never felt like that. I have definitely had moments of overwhelm and of, of reconsidering the different offerings that I was making. But I think that's a normal part of running any business. And for me, that wasn't related to running two separate things. Um, Actually, I think I'm getting out of... Um, Yeah, doing different kinds of work. And I think they also really beautifully feed into each other. So um, a lot of my clients with the web design work, for example, are interested in healing and ritual and creativity and those kinds of things. And they appreciate that I speak their language. And then um, the other way around, a lot of the small business owners that I work with as part of Yara Digital also have self-care practices and are interested in magic and enchantment and that kind of thing. So yeah, that feels really good to me. And I also think that there's something um, in the air, especially with social media that kind of encourage us to commercialize our skills or our dreams very quickly. And while I think there's absolutely nothing wrong with making money from your healing work or from your creative practice, I just for myself know that I think if I had needed to make daydream roles my main income very quickly, it would have caused me a lot of pain. I mean, I'm already dealing with imposter syndrome as it is sometimes, and um, I think that that would have probably intensified in some way. If you've been listening to the show, you might know that I've left social media in August, and just wanted to kind of offer a quick check-in on that. Um... I was really active on Instagram. I have posted hundreds and hundreds of pictures and stories and things, and I met amazing people on there, and I really enjoyed it while it lasted. But this summer, it kind of came to a natural end, had been thinking about what it means or what it would mean to run a business without being on social media for a while, and just always thought I couldn't afford that or that I would be forgotten. And then this summer, I kind of just ripped the Band-Aid off and was like you know what? Actually, I really just want to podcast and write scenes and meet people in real life. And I want to hope that that can be enough and that I don't have to show up on Instagram every day. And I also uh, had been using an app called Zen Screen that told me that on average, I was spending 10 hours a week on the app. And that just blew my mind. And I wanted to leave. And I'm not saying that I will definitely, definitely leave for for forever because, you know, never say never, that kind of stuff. I'm not sure. Who knows what's going to happen? But right now, it really feels like the right thing to do. I've archived my account. I've deleted Facebook completely. I had let go of Twitter years ago. So yeah, here I am having more time to write. I've written six zines in the last two months, um, which you can buy on my site. And that's been really fun. I send them out for free as e versions to my newsletters, uh newsletter subscribers and that feels like a really fun way for me to express myself at the moment. I do I have heard from people that they miss receiving smaller updates on, on Instagram and I guess it is just a really different environment and a different way of communicating. I I get that in some ways and I think I really always loved showing photos of my life and it was more of a behind-the-scenes kind of thing, which is cool and and also difficult, you know. The algorithm, I think, has really changed a lot over the years. And for me, in the end, it has felt like a big drain on my time and energy that wasn't really worth it. Um, but I also like sharing updates and I like sharing my journey. And so I've been thinking about recording smaller intros for the interview episodes that i'm bringing out on this podcast so that uh, you can still follow along in some way and maybe i'll also pepper in some smaller ones like maybe just five to ten minutes episodes each month where i'm just doing a little check up check in on on what i'm thinking about in life at the moment what i read and what i enjoy because i think yeah there's beauty in that too um yeah, the main update for me this year is that I'm in the middle of a Death doula training at the moment. I've been thinking about this for about a year. And then this summer, it kind of really pulled me in. I came across different people doing this kind of work, I really fascinated by them. I interviewed uh, Lucy Taylor for my other podcast, the DIY Small Business Podcast, for example. That was really fascinating. And then I took the leap, and it's really making my life so much richer. The kind of work that I'm mostly interested in at the moment is end-of-life planning and legacy work, but I'm really open to exploring where all of this is going to take me. In case you're wondering what a death doula is, so that's a good question. It's a really new and emerging field. Um, I would say that this is a non-medical support role for people at the end of life and people who want to work with death and raise their death awareness at any point in their life that is um, emotionally and spiritually supportive and practically as well. Um, so I'm very clear that I don't want to work as part of the medical system for all kinds of reasons that I won't go in today. Um, but I've always, always really loved giving care work. And I'm also a Scorpio, which is a bit of a cliche, So obviously I'm interested in transformation and death and the darker parts of life. I'm interested in grief work and how that can bring joy and clarity. And so this just all really feels like it makes a ton of sense to me. I'm training with the University of Vermont and it's a pretty intense program, I feel. I really love the people that are in it. I really love the homework that I get to do. In the first week for example I was asked to write my goodbye letters as if I was going to die I'm asked to make decisions about my own advanced directives and to think about how you know what kind of plans I would like to put into place for the end of my life and I really feel this is something that all of us should do I feel that it's been an incredibly rewarding insightful process for me um it's really brought more clarity into all the decisions I make in my life. It's given me more grounding and more appreciation for what the human experience is, which I know sounds a bit far out and maybe vague, but yeah, that's just what it feels like for me right now. It gives me a lot of clarity and a lot of appreciation. And it also gives me a feeling of belonging because I'm feeling into the fragility of my human body and i remember that i could die any day i could be in an accident i could be diagnosed with a terminal illness that will take me really quickly and i don't know none of us know and um i won't i won't you know express really kind of like super cliché stuff like you got to live every day like it's your last I think that doesn't actually really work because that's not sustainable. That's not a sustainable way to live. Um, but I think you get the idea of what I'm trying to say. So I'm excited about work around end-of-life planning and I intend to share more of that. And <clears throat> I also really believe that we all deserve a good death. And obviously... I'm only beginning to explore and think about what a good death even is and what it means to me personally. But I think I think it's a really important question and one that none of us should delay thinking about. There's also this piece that I feel like if you can face, face death, you can really face anything because what else is there, you know? Like what is, what is scarier than death to most of us? We live in such a death-avoidant culture and I really see... Um, I see a relation to how capitalism values endless youth and fertility and growth and how we're avoidant around winter and decay and composting and those kinds of things. But I think they're really, really important part of the death-life-death cycle, which is a term coined by Clarissa Pinkola Estes, Her book, Woman Who Runs, women who run with wolves has been really influential for me and so i recommend checking that out i also feel that good grief is an act of love and i think i've been rethinking a lot this year about my own emotional responses and about the untended grief that i've had in my life so if you listen to the show you might know that i am a survivor of sexual violence for example And I think doing good, intentional, gentle, well-held grief work has enabled me to really release some of that sadness around that. so, for example, I'm thinking about releasing this kind of more youthful, maybe more open kind of sexuality that isn't mine anymore at the moment. And I'm welcoming something more grounded, something that I have reclaimed through good grief work, and something that's um, really more me at this point in my life, and that feels good. Um, And obviously there's other losses, there's heartbreaks and people and friendships and ideas that we lose along the way. And I think really tending to those losses is a really powerful practice that can give us so much more meaning and grounding and joy in life. And and I think for me, at least, it's been really not true that relating to grief is is this thing that will just eat you alive when you start looking at it. I actually feel like I can, you know, the more I give it space, the, the less it will threaten to consume me because I'm, I'm having an intentional relationship with my grief. So... I mean, yeah, (laughs) I think it has many layers. My dog Orlando, for example, is turning nine years old this year. And that's pretty big for me. I've been with him for more than eight years. I love him more than anything. I feel that we're raising each other. And I want to spend every day of my life with him, ideally. And I know that that's not going to be possible. And I am slowly beginning to see signs of him aging now. And that's something big to think about. And so I feel that having this relationship with death and dying now, thinking about grief, learning about these things, is is taking a little bit of that anxiety away. And that's also really positive for me. As part of my training, I'm also learning a lot about how we die, like what the physical process is like for many of us. And obviously, we're all totally different, but there's some similarities that I find really interesting and just feels comforting to know about them. I'm also learning about the hospice movement, and that gives me a lot of feelings about the medical industry as a whole, um, the way that we have access to things or not, and the way that we're treating at the end, being treated at the end of our lives. Um, yeah, I think another thing that's coming up for me through doing this work is like a really big commitment to my values and to the ways that I want to live my life and I think sometimes with social media I've been feeling these waves of urgency of like oh my god I have to do this thing and I need to learn this modality or like I should be there right now and why is this all so slow Um, I'm feeling so behind whereas I think with death awareness being a more present in my life I'm feeling not so much the urgency and the anxiety around that, but but more like the commitment of really feeling like, yeah, life can be very short, and there's things I want to do, and those are really important to me. And I'm also feeling more courage around letting things die, which is important. So i making that a really intentional process. So, for example, you know, obviously letting social media go as after I've grown my platforms for such a long time is a is a in a way a death process. <clears throat> And then um, last month, I've closed both my programs, Embodied Magic, and the DIY business community until next year, because I wanted a chance to really get to know everyone who's currently there, to develop a sense of intimacy, and to think also about the onboarding process. So like, the way that people are joining the program, I think, could be even better I want to greet everyone personally, I really want people to understand how to navigate the platform, because there is so much to explore, I really want people to know that they can make requests and, you know, gather into subgroups and meet for events and that kind of stuff and I'm just really, really excited and happy about how this community has grown and I want it to be sustainable and nourishing for everyone involved, while also having it be as financially accessible as possible about 10 days ago for example I ran the first grief circle which I thought was really beautiful everyone shared ways in which they're dealing with grief in their life things that they're grieving things they feel sad about it was just really nice to be together in that space of like yeah, exploring what these things mean to us and being honest about things not always being easy, I think, again, that's something that's on the internet so tempting to do, to always give each other this highlight reel of our lives and to not really be present with the difficult feelings. So to me, that was really meaningful. There's a few things that I'm hoping to offer next year after completing um, both the grief um, celebrant, training and the death Door training so i'm gonna make the grief circles and a an really important part of of the embedded magic program and i'm really yeah really excited about that i think that's that's going to be really beautiful and then i'll be offering tarot rituals again and they can if you want them to be, be specifically for grief and loss and um they're not live yet but i will be working on my website over the weekend so if you check that next week maybe it'll be there Um, I have taken a long break, maybe 10 months of offering no tarot readings because... I felt that while I was moving to Scotland in the summer and working through lots of different things this summer and this year, I have not had the headspace. I've done reading every month for patrons and I love those and I feel like a real commitment and consistency with those, but I wasn't really able to take any extra one-off on and that's something I really look forward to getting back into again because I'm really beautifully set up in Scotland now. My home is Just incredible. It's just, I feel so lucky to have it. It's so cheap and it's right by the sea. I can see the sea from my window, and we're out at the beach every day. And yeah, it's just really beautiful. So I want to send some of that energy out into the world. And I feel ready to do that again. I'll also be offering some death and grief care. And honestly, I don't know exactly what that's going to look like yet. But I have just this feeling that I would like to offer space to talk about these things and create ritual together. And I think that could be really cool too. So yeah, stay tuned for that. Um, I'll be offering some rituals for transition, and also I'm excited to teach a live class in January. So again, that's I'm sorry to kind of tease you with all these things, but I'm just needing the weekend to set everything up. Um, Basically, in January I'll be offering a course called Tarot as a Light in the Dark. Um, It's going to be four live classes in a small group. That's going to be pretty affordable, probably $44 for all four classes, I think. You'll get the recording, but they will be on a weekend, and so people from different time zones can come, and I just really want to dive deeper into tarot as a self-reflection and self-care practice, and I want to hold a container in which we can all feel this like beautiful commitment of showing up as a group and exploring what works and how we relate to these practices and archetypes and how they can make a difference to a life in our lives yeah um before i go i have a small birthday which it's been my birthday last weekend the 10th of november um i had a really lovely weekend with my friend who came to visit from germany i've known her for 22 years and we just had this really lovely deep chill we explored scotland a bit and then we just hung out in my house and lit candles and caught up and had bath and yeah it was just wonderful so if you enjoy this podcast please can you leave a review i would appreciate that so much and i would also love to hear um how you're feeling about this episode if you are feeling excited about the death awareness movement what kind of offerings you would like me to bring forward in 2020 and any other feedback that you have so you can email me at hello at yarrowdigital.com. I'll put that in the show notes. And I'm just really grateful for your time. And thank you so much for listening. I really love this space so much. And I'm super grateful that you're here. So thank you so much. I love you lots. Bye.